and welcome to 3Q, where I interview industry professionals for just 15 minutes by asking three powerful questions. I'm your host, Rachel Vogel, and joining me tonight is Russ Tannen, the president at Dice. After establishing himself as one of the most respected tastemakers in London's live music scene at Vice, and then as an artist manager representing acts including Peace and Superfood, Russ has helped launch Dice. As a founding employee, he's been responsible for signing major venue deals with UK institutions, overseeing the company's global expansion, and led the growth of Dice's revenue streams, all while securing major international partnerships. Most recently, he's relocated to New York to set up their second HQ, and since arriving, he's signed some of the best independent venue and promoter deals across the U.S. So, Russ, intro behind us. Are you ready to dive into these three questions? Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Rachel. Imagine for a second you're sitting down with your 25-year-old self. What one piece of advice would you give him on a personal note? And what one piece of advice would you give him from a business perspective? Okay, so at DICE, we do um, these presentations called Petra Kutcher's. It's like a Japanese presentation format where you do 20 slides and it's 20 seconds a slide and you kind of tell your life story. It's one of my favorite things that we do. And um, I'm going to do mine, sort of redo mine pretty, pretty soon. And so I've been looking at pictures of myself uh, at 25, which was 11 years ago. And one personal piece of advice I'd like to give myself then is just to start wearing all black now. Like, don't wait another few years. Like, I was doing it by the time I was like 30, but like the the, the fashion choices back then, it just wasn't, it wasn't working. Um, <laughs> I wish I would have just gone all black every day like I do now. And it's perfect. So I'd have just sped up that whole process and life would have been easier. Professionally, I think the best advice I could have given myself then was just to lean into like my superpowers, like lean into the things that only I can do and the things that I really enjoy. I think that sometimes earlier in your career, you feel like you have to get really good at everything or you're trying to get really good at things that you actually don't enjoy because maybe you don't realize that other people really enjoy the things that you don't. <laughs> Like some people like really love finance and like that's their superpower. They're like amazing at that. And if that's not your strength, then don't like stress it, trying to be like amazing at those things and just try and identify as early as possible um, the things that you're really, that you're really good at and that you really excel at and, and lean into those things and, and understand that just because you might find something easier or more natural doesn't mean that everyone else does and 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 the fact that you find those things kind of more natural to your your own skill set that you that you just have and you should just kind of focus on those and and really um just enjoy it like enjoy the things that you're good at and focus on them so yeah I would, I would love to go back and tell myself that I definitely spent a little while um stressing about trying to do trying to do it all I think it's funny that you say the all black thing I feel like that's so true in this industry I like the one thing I would tell anybody is get a leather jacket <laughs> Everybody wears a leather jacket, a black leather jacket. That's the staple item. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's great advice. So before we move into the second question, I want to know what's like the one thing that you look for when you're scouting a promoter or a venue? Like, do you have a checklist? Do you have to go walk through the venue? Like, what's that like? Yeah. So really like, uh, although my role at DICE has changed a lot over the last um, 10 years uh, since we kind of we're starting the business that I've always been responsible for bringing on the partners and really the mission has been to find the best independent operators in the world so if you're thinking about amazing clubs like DC10 and Ibiza or 
uh, elsewhere in New York, these like really iconic um, venues um, that just are super ambitious, you know, curated, like creatively excellent um, people that can achieve scale while also staying like super credible. And those are the dream partners to work with. And there's, you know, hundreds and hundreds that we work with now, and I certainly couldn't name them all, but that's the type of partner that we, that we look for. Um, people that want to stay independent and um, want to create the best experiences for fans. Like, I think that's, um, that's, that's the hunt that we're on every day. Okay, moving right along. Every industry has its dirty little secrets, and we all know that it is no different in the music industry. Sometimes people think that's a bad thing, but that's not always the case. Sometimes they can be quite good. What's one secret you would like to share with our listeners about the industry? Uh, it's a really interesting time to be in ticketing. There's been a lot of things that I think have been more secretive and, un and not transparent about the industry that we've been trying to change for a long time. We've been trying to push transparency for fans and for artists ever since we started the the business. And we were we were artist managers before doing dives and really kind of came at it from that artist's perspective. And um, I think a lot of that stuff is starting to come to light. You're seeing um, a lot more um in the us specifically yet just yesterday for example um there's a new um campaign that we're part of um of, of lots of different rights organizations and um other other ticketing companies and um, neva and um, the managers forum and everyone coming together to to launch a new campaign called fix the ticks which is really about um bringing some of the things that have been a bit more secret to, to light and, and trying to fix ticketing for for fans um, and a lot of that's around transparency and I think there's a bit more um, to come in terms of how is it that so many um, scalpers are able to buy tickets you know why isn't hasn't there been more done to stop that and who are the real players there and I think that those things are, are going to come to light there's been a lot coming out about fees we've always um, pushed the idea that the first price you see when you go to buy a ticket um, should be the same at the end of the checkout there should never be those surprise fees at the end and we're really happy to see the more transparency around that um, happening now in the industry. So there's more people also following that model. Um, and there's also a bit more of a conversation around why those fees have got so high, especially in the US. And so, um, yeah, there's, I think that it's a funny time to think about secrets because it feels like everyone's everyone's kind of getting all the secrets that are out there now. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting time. But we've always been pushing for more transparency. So would you say that's like the most difficult piece of working in ticketing or is there another aspect of it? I, I think in the US specifically, the um, to, to start a ticketing company is, is very difficult. And we spent a long time building in Europe and, and in the UK um, first, where there's a less of an exclusive model. And in the US, every ticketing deal with a venue is 100% exclusive, which means that if you lose a deal, then you're not going to be the ticketing part. You're not going to sell a single ticket for that venue for the next three to five years, which is, you know, uh, a hard reality of, of of those of those partnerships. And and part of that is why those deals have become, you know, very rich deals um, to to get in the room to do. So um, all of these things are connected. And um, yeah, that's uh, that's certainly one of the hardest things is kind of getting out there. But our approach has been to build the best product to. Um, keep the fan as our main customer. So we're always thinking about the best experience for the fan. And and that in turn has um, paid off well for us in terms of the types of partners we're able to sign. And I would assume one of the major benefits is you get to go to cool shows. <laughs> I, go, I go to so many shows. I, go, <laughs> <laughs> I love going to shows. I think it's the best thing to do with your time. I think that 
everyone should go to shows as many nights a week as they can. Um, I don't know how many shows I went to like a hundred shows. Last year. I don't know how many shows I've been to already this year, but um, oh my gosh. I, I go to so many, I go to so many shows. I'm going to Brooklyn Mirage tonight for the opening um, uh, for this summer season. So I'm looking forward to that. I love that place. All right. Final question. Let's get into it. Throughout your career, I can only imagine you've been asked a lot of questions, whether for industry conferences, the media, or even a promotion. But throughout all those interviews and all those questions, there has to be one question that you've never been asked, but would have liked to. So what is that question? And what would be your answer? So I'm a huge reader. I We were talking just before I, I deleted my Instagram like six, seven years ago now. And I started like reading a lot instead <laughs> and started reading like 50 books a year. Um, the last couple of years in New York, I haven't read quite as much, <laughs> mm. um, maybe half that, but um, I'm still reading a lot. And it's just not something I've like ever been really asked about. And uh, I was thinking about if I had to recommend now a book uh, to to everyone to read, I, want, I wanted to recommend a book. I, that was a question I'd love to be asked. So um, there's this book called Rave um, by Reynold Goetz. Goetz. I don't know how to say the name. It's G-O-E-T-Z. It's a, it's a German name that I obviously can't pronounce. But it's amazing. It's a reprint on by an amazing publisher called Fitzcarraldo Editions. It's the best book which translates what going out, especially to like clubs, feels like. Like it, it in the book, you really feel like he. It's it's the story of this incredible time in Berlin and um and people going out to these clubs and 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 you know that's the that's the setting for the for the story but you when you're reading it you really feel like you're on a night out with your friends and having this incredible night and I've never seen anyone or read anyone um capture that feeling as well as this book so mm. it's just a really it's just a really nice one and I and I dare anyone to read this book and and not want to go out um to a to a club for a for a big dance so um yeah that's my that's my recommendation I love that. Yeah, I've I've really been trying to get back into reading books this year, so I'm gonna have to pick that up. Yeah, well, maybe start with start with Rave and tell me what I you will. think. This is gonna, <laughs> it could be a little book club we got going. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, we'll start the three Q book club. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Russ, it's been so nice having you on the podcast. Thanks so much for taking the time. To everyone listening, I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. Stay tuned for next week, where I interview industry professionals for just 15 minutes by asking three powerful questions. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,